You aren't you aren't gonna say it, man? <laughs> no, remember we put the little audio clip there now. Oh. Collide podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Travis. Hey, and I'm Justin. And together, we're just a couple of nerds. Just a couple of nerds. So not we're not under the best uh, recording circumstances. <laughs> well, you aren't. Yeah, your your business as usual. Yeah, yeah, it's business over here. It's like a uh, it's like the front part of a mullet business in the front <laughs> and and you're the party in the bag <laughs> all right so i know you got a you got a funny story to start with so i i've been really into i've been really into pokemon lately i pulled out my original cart of pokemon red for the game boy from 1999 that i got from my aunt kathy the save file was still intact and you know i had a i had all eight badges and i beat the elite four and I had 120 Pokemon, and I was like, you know what, man? I could catch them all. I'm going <laughs> to catch them all. And uh, so I spent way too much money on a copy of Pokemon Blue, and I've been playing Blue and trading everything over to Red. Um, but anyway, I'm really into Pokemon, and I saw a Craigslist ad listing that had all the Game Boy Advance Pokemon games. So Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, and the remakes of Red and Blue, Fire Red, and Leaf Green. And they were 20 bucks each or all five for 100. And so, like, I guess, like, some things are too good to be true. You know, it is true. Some things are too good to be true. But also, you get a lot of people on Craigslist who don't really know what their stuff is worth and are kind of just like, I need to get rid of this real quick. Right. Maybe the optimist in me was kind of leaning towards uh, that second, the latter option, I should say. Anyway, no man, you were just I, you were just keeping the faith, man. I I had faith <laughs> in humanity. I had faith. I had faith in the universe, and they both let me down because I went to oh, go meet man. with this guy, <laughs> and I like brought my little tool kit because I'm a fucking nerd, and I was like, "Do you do you mind if I open these carts up?" And he's like, "No, you don't. I don't care." Also, this guy looked straight up from 2002, like. It looked like he time traveled from 2002 and was like, I need to sell these Game Boy games, but nobody <laughs> in 2002 wants them for some reason. And, uh, like, he had a be a black beanie. Uh, he had a black, like, metal band shirt, and then he had a long sleeve black shirt underneath the, the black shirt, like, T-shirt. And then he had, sounds like a very sounds like a very fashion forward guy. <laughs> and then he had uh, black baggy pants, and okay. he had like a lip ring, and he had uh, like the the ball chain necklace. 
I used to rock that back in the day too. Please uh, tell me this guy had the chain wallet. Did he have the chain wallet? I didn't. I didn't get a look, but there's a at least a ninety eight percent chance that he, he had, had to a, a wallet. I mean, chain. it would it, it it ties the whole ensemble together. You have to have the chain wallet. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, uh, you never know what's gonna happen to your wallet. It could just fall out of your pocket. You gotta tie that thing down, man. <laughs> you gotta keep that money with you. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta keep the, that cash with you. <laughs> so I, uh, oh, I should also mention before I get too far into the story, he had each game in an individual like plastic case, uh-huh. and I could not for the life of me open these cases. <laughs> so I was like, "Can you open this for me?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, sure." And he showed me how, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I also want to say that I woke up 10 minutes, well, 15 minutes before meeting this guy, so I wasn't really in my right brain. That That's um, also typical you. <laughs> very true. Um, <laughs> wait, not in my right brain or just waking up? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, waking up 15 minutes before you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, man, I am not. A, I am not a morning person at all. All right, so then he, I got the cases open. I look at the cards. I've been like reading a lot about uh, reproduction cards and watching videos about how to spot them. And they like it was uh, it was insane how immediately I realized that they were fake cards. And like the label on the Game Boy Advance game was way too shiny. Most Game Boy or all Game Boy Advance games, I should say, have an engraving in the front. If you look at it in a certain light, you'll be able to see like a number or like a, a letter and a couple numbers. Sometimes both. Like the Pokemon games, they have both of them, I think. Held it up in the sun. I didn't see those. I looked at the back and like the Nintendo motherboard or the motherboard for the Game Boy Advance games has like horizontal copper bars that you can see, especially because. Well, I shouldn't say especially, but. Only because the cartridges for the Pokemon games are, like, kind of uh, clear-ish, but they're also colored, uh, depending on the name of the game. And uh, that it didn't have that. I was like, holy shit, man, these, these are fakes. And then I, like, opened one up. I couldn't open one up. Like, I could not open it for the life of me. So, which was especially funny because I couldn't open the, <laughs> the plastic cases. So it just, like was trying to open it and I was like, I look like a fucking moron right now because I'm just like fumbling to open these plastic cases. I can't unscrew this tri-wing screw. This guy's like, probably like, this guy's an idiot. But anyway, I asked for another one because I actually do own Fire Red already. So I like was looking at it. I opened it up this morning um, and was, you know, checking it out. So when I met this guy, I couldn't open one of them. So then I asked for Fire Red, because that was the one I owned. I got the screw out, opened opened the card up. It was totally different inside than my copy. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh my god, these are all fake. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is so fucking awkward. How am I, what am I going to do, man? So I was just like, because part of me was like, wondering if this guy was passing him off intentionally, because... Like, Game Boy, really anything collectible, and, you know, that is a hobby, is expensive now. And you can get a lot of money for it. 
So I was like, is this guy trying to do that? Or does he just, he just bought a set of them and didn't know. And part of me felt bad for him. And a part of me was like, I should just buy one. <laughs> just to like, be like, sorry for your trouble coming out here. But uh, I decided not to. And uh, which, you know, like 10 years ago, I totally would have been like, yeah, I'll buy one. And like, I knew it was fake and all that shit. And I just would have, you know been trying to people please and whatever but uh yeah man i just was straight up with him like hey man i'm pretty positive these are reproduction carts and he's like what i'm like yeah i'm pretty positive they are so i'm not gonna unfortunately i'm not gonna be able to buy them uh i do apologize for making you uh meet me out here for this and he's like okay and then left i thought we were about to scrap in the a and w parking lot <laughs> footlongs and fights brother you know, I got to say, buddy, I do love you, but you got to take some ownership here. Yeah. It's 2022. What are you doing on Craigslist? Hey, man. Come on, man. Listen, you got Facebook Marketplace. You got OfferUp. Hey, man, they used to call me the Craigslist kid. All right. I was coming back to reclaim my title. Okay. Yeah. Nobody called me that. I called myself that. But, uh, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I even looked on Craigslist. Their website. <laughs> Man, I used to go on Craigslist all the time for video game deals. Actually, that's where I bought that uh fire that copy of Fire Red. The legitimate copy of Fire Red. There was this hot streak I was on for like two years where I found so many good deals on Craigslist. And uh then then I stopped using Craigslist. I came back to reclaim my title. And I guess in a way I did, because I didn't buy uh re reproduction carts. So Yeah, man, it was crazy how immediately I like immediately I could tell that they were that they were fake. <laughs> like, wow, everything about this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like the label was too shiny. It would look like a little off center. There wasn't the engravings. The back had the tri-wing screw, which you know is good. But then the board didn't match, and then the yeah. inside didn't match. And then th there's like a little serial number on the on the board, and it didn't match either. I'm like, holy shit! So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't uh, lose out on any money. You know, it was like five games for a hundred bucks, and like each of those games probably goes for at least forty. Like I looked yeah. on I looked on uh, price charts, I think it is, and uh, Pokemon Emerald, a loose copy of Pokemon Emerald, they said goes for eighty dollars online, and I was like, what? What? Are you going to get back out there? Are you going to get back out there, <laughs> get on Craigslist and try to find some more deals? Or did this kind of scare you off? I don't know, man. I think today I I, I met with a, uh, I either met with a guy that I shamed or, or I embarrassed. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to push the envelope when, you know, I'm meeting people and, you know, I meet a muscular meathead guy and I'm like, your shit is fake, bro. And he's like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. Well, I'm glad you made it out alive and you made it to the <laughs> you made it to the episode. <laughs> I sent I sent that nerdy guy packing back to 2002. Get get your fucking repro reproduction cards out of here. Dude, that guy definitely had a chain wallet. Go <laughs> Go home and listen to my chemical romance, you dork. Those same people that wear chain wallets are the same people who carry their social security card in their wallet and then lose it <laughs> and get their identity stolen. 
Maybe that's maybe that's why this guy has turned to uh, reproduction cards. He's like, I gotta make some fucking money, dude. Imagine turning to a life of crime and Game Boy Advance cards. <laughs> yeah, your crime is buying fake video games. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, I suppose. Yeah. You know, selling reproduction cards is a gateway to selling meth. Right. Or or, or uh or whoring out your wife or something. I don't know. One day it's Game Boy Advance game. One day you're blowing in the Game Boy Man's games, and the next day you're blowing a guy. Uh. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> this show is for children. Um. <laughs> we do say it's rated E for everyone. <laughs> yeah, maybe we gotta bump up the the rating. You know, we're we're a T. Dude, these kids nowadays are saying way worse stuff in Call of Duty lobbies. Uh, so anyway, I might have to, I might have to retire as the uh, Craigslist kid. Yeah, maybe I'll be the the Facebook king or something. I don't know. Nah, man, you got to boss up on offer up. That didn't really rhyme. That was Damn. a terrible attempt. I don't know, man. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> man. I've I've been living in the Stone Ages for like the past two days. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you're all packed up because you're moving and whatnot. <laughs> so partly because of that, like most of my stuff is in boxes. And then yesterday, out of nowhere, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before yesterday. <laughs> Spontaneously, my internet just stops working. Oh, shit. So I go downstairs and, you know, I do all the normal things that I know how to do. Reset the modem, unplug it. I go check the, the box in the garage that if that gets tripped, it messes up the internet. I do everything I possibly can. And I'm a little bit tech savvy when it comes to that sort of stuff. I can usually get it back online. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing worked. And then I ended up having to leave and go to work. This happened at, like, the worst possible time. Like, I'm in the middle of getting ready to go to work. So um, the next day, we uh, we call AT&T, and they ended up, you know, they try doing what they can do on their end, and they end up sending a technician out today. And essentially, the the cable that's running from the house to, you know, wherever it goes is broken. And oh. it's running, and it runs underneath the main road. And I guess they just rolled out a new policy where they can't just, you know, dig up a new line. They have to go through this entirely different process. And so basically nothing can be done today or really the next few days. It's either He told us it's either going to be one to two days or 10 to 30 days. Holy shit. So uh, <laughs> we've been, uh, <laughs> like I told you, I'm in the middle of packing. I got majority of my stuff packed up. So now I got to go dig through my boxes that I got packed up, find where my PlayStation 4 is at. And, and we just been... uh. Watching DVDs and Blu-rays. Oh, man, you really are in the Stone Age. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we have our phones that we can, you know, watch stuff on and, and so forth. But, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I, I find it amusing. <laughs> My fiancé finds it significantly less amusing. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. Like, I want, I wanted to make a thing of it and go, like, buy a bunch of cheap DVDs or, like, buy a bunch of cheap movies and... Just watch them. Um, not like we have time to watch regular TV now as it is. 
<laughs> with how much I'm working. Yeah, man. You could but, have like a little date night where you go to Walmart and you just pick out like the worst looking movie. Yeah. The worst looking like $2 bin dollar bin movie. Yeah. I thought about calling calling out of work and, and making that a thing. I thought it would be fun, but <sighs> I'm going to go to work. You got to make that money. Yeah, and then my next day off isn't for another, like, 12 days, so by that time, I'm sure the internet will be back up. It's just funny, because it just happens at happened at the worst possible time, too. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like that thing where, uh, any, you know, uh, when it rains, it pours. When Yeah. Hopefully, that's the only rainstorm that happens. Yeah, I'm just, I'm eager to, to get on the other side of this entire moving process. It's been nothing but a complete headache. But anyway, so yeah, this episode uh it's happening by the skin of our teeth really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Travis is uh you know, podcasting in 2022 is amazing. Travis is on his phone on Skype, hooked up and like he's his microphone and headphones are hooked up to his laptop or his computer, I should say, and uh you know, He's going to have good audio. I'm going to have good audio. And you'll never know. Well, you'll know, you, but you, you never would have known. You would have never known if I wouldn't have told you. But that's what that's what we do here on Nerds Collide. We're transparent, all right? I told you we're the rookies of the year. We're going to make it work. We're going to come through. <laughs> we're almost to episode 10, man. We're almost there. It's like, yeah, it's amazing that we've been doing it, like, for... You know, for 10 episodes, 11 episodes, really. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like most things in life, you do it and then uh, you just you just stop. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, dude, that seven episode slump was real, though. That's very true. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting back on track. We we just recorded an episode like three days ago, which uh, <laughs> I haven't started editing yet, but I'm going to bring my laptop in. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, man, I just... The slump is real. I have not felt like editing at all. And uh but you know what? I'm gonna get it done tonight. I'm and tomorrow. I have tomorrow and uh the next day off. It's gonna get done. Hey man. I got faith in you, man. It's gonna get done. I'm I'm gonna be totally so, honest. The other the last episode I did was the exact same. I like waited until the last second and was like, Oh shit. Hey man, listen. <laughs> However your process works. Mine, I have to get it in early because <laughs> I just, I have such little free time to get that editing done. I, I get it done in bits and pieces over the course of like the full two, three weeks, whatever it is, based on when we record. But honestly, we seem to be getting better at uh kind of not having so much to edit out and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's less to edit each episode for sure. Well, you know... Speaking of the past, can we talk about a little game from 1996? Well, wait a minute. We're talking about Halloween trailer first. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> Did you watch it? I watched it, but I, I didn't. I've only watched it once. All right. Run it back real quick. Okay. October 14th. It all ends. It's like two years later, there's going to be another Halloween. Halloween returns. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm 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 good. Halloween begins again. 
this October, Halloween comes early. Or <laughs> no, 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 I got it. This summer, Halloween comes early. And Michael Myers goes to camp. <laughs> and then for some reason it ends as a crossover with a uh, Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> Michael Myers goes to Crystal Lake. All right, so we're talking talking about the Halloween Ends trailer. Yeah. Um. All right. Immediate thoughts. It uh definitely plays back to the original when you just hear Michael's breathing and he walks up to the door and I believe that's even a shot of his uh sister's room, like from the original, or they recreate it. And then he opens that door. It's not his sister. It's Lori, baby. She's like, "Come and give me, motherfucker." Well, I mean, it is his sister in an alternate timeline. Oh yeah, yeah. Because this not this, not this timeline though. <laughs> yeah, because this one, this one doesn't. It acts like this Halloween one, Two doesn't exist, right? This one acts like nothing else exists other than the original. Okay. John Carpenter's Halloween. I like that it doesn't. All right, so I like this that. is like uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I like that it doesn't have a lot of the side characters. Just, just the two I care about, Lori and Michael. That's how I like my Halloween. I'm kind of bored of that Halloween. Well, lucky for you, Halloween ends. <laughs> they were very careful to say their saga ends. Oh, yeah, because they're setting up a... And I also feel like them using the term saga is a bit loose. I don't know if I would label that a saga, especially not this particular timeline or series of films. Yeah. What did you you think? Okay, first of all, it it worked. The trailer did what it was supposed to do. It, It got me excited for the movie in the first, like, two seconds. Nothing else after that really worked for me. Really? Just, yeah, just, you know, just the shot of, you know, the street at night, Halloween decorations out, kids out trick-or-treating. That, you know, typical, or that traditional Halloween theme kind of fading in and out. Yeah, the iconic. You kind of hear it start, and then, yeah, and then you get those, you know, classic first-person shots of Michael walking around. That did it for me right there. That was it. The trailer could have cut out at that point, and I'd have been perfectly happy and content. I'm a, I'm a sucker for these films. I, <laughs> it's my favorite franchise, ever, ever, over everything else. Damn, this, like the bad ones and all. Uh, unfortunately, nothing else in the trailer really did any anything for me. I remember I immediately watched. The, I went back and watched the Halloween Kills trailer right after. I think the Halloween Kills trailer was a lot better. Mm. We get to see that really cool. Um, we get a glimpse of that really cool scene from Halloween Kills where Michael's just kind of running through all of the firefighters as he's coming out of the burning house. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so compared to the Halloween Kills trailer that we got, this one seems a little bit more tamed, I guess. I don't know. But... I'm still excited to see the movie, though. Still excited. Literally just because it's a Halloween movie. Yeah. 
I can see that. Have you have you seen you've seen the first two, the Halloween twenty eighteen and then Halloween Kills, right? Yep. Yeah, I saw them in theaters. I think I seen I I, I seen twenty eighteen in theaters. Halloween Kills because it came on Peacock day one. I would I just watched it on there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I um. I mean, cause it came out like a week after Leia was born, so I wasn't going anywhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I saw both of them in theaters. Um, I have mixed feelings about this whole trilogy, but uh... yeah, it's they do some weird stuff here. I was gonna say Halloween twenty eighteen is good in places. I liked kills. Uh, I liked Halloween Kills. Uh, there were a few nitpicks. Yeah. Overall, I mean, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween 2018. I have like major gripes with Halloween Kills. I also do, but it also has that amazing part where. Uh, I hope this was the one I'm thinking of, where uh, Michael is just going from house to house in like one shot, just killing people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this like literally could have been the movie and I would have been totally fine with it. But then you got the whole Yeah, like, because those those are the best parts of any Halloween movie is you get Michael creeping around the neighborhood and just <laughs> slit slitting throats, man. <laughs> Splitting heads. <laughs> whenever whenever these films try to get too creative with the character of Michael Myers, they, they get in their own way. I think that's the reason why the original works so well because it's it's just you you know nothing about this guy other than he escaped and he's stalking these three babysitters who were the three of the first people he came into contact with when he came back to Haddonfield. Yeah. And that's it. And that's what makes the original like that's part of what makes the original such a masterpiece is because you don't no, it, and then in Halloween too. As much as I love it, as soon as you make her the sister, it takes away from it. Yeah, it, yeah, because it makes it more him more human. I feel like when you start adding uh, complexities to the character. Yeah, and then now in this in this uh, in this new series of films or this new timeline, I suppose. They're trying to like take that back <laughs> and they're going like all the way the other way with it where like now he's just evil incarnate and the more he kills the stronger he gets which I mean I guess that's cool but yeah why can't it just be this fucking big ass creepy guy walking around murdering people <laughs> like it's simple it's really simple yeah I don't know yeah I mean, I guess to to continue to make these films, you got to do something. You got to do some type of world building, I guess. But it just seems like whenever, no matter who touches it, no matter who's working on the Halloween franchise, whenever they try to get too creative with Michael Myers' character and his motives, it it just never seems to work out. Yeah, the biggest offender of that is Rob Zombie, where the first half of the movie is... uh the Michael Myers backstory. I'm just like, why aren't, I'm like, my, my gripe with that is like, yeah, 
it sucks that a kid is getting picked on like this, but like, why am I going to feel sorry for him if then he just murders people for like 30 years? <laughs> like, Yeah. I'm also not a big fan of really any of Rob Zombie's films. Just so over the top at times. Yeah. <sighs> Halloween trailer. I like the Halloween Ends trailer. Um, I thought yeah. I thought the the uh, I thought Lori was cool. It didn't have a lot of the side characters in it, which I'm like all about. Cause I didn't like any of the side. I don't like any of the side characters they introduced in this uh, this trilogy, except like her daughter. And uh, spoiler alert, she did. All right, so I want to read the description real quick for this Halloween Ends film. Okay, so this is the description. <laughs> it says four years after the events of Halloween Kills, Lori is living with her with her granddaughter Allison and is finishing writing her memoir. Michael Myers hasn't been seen since. Lori, after allowing the specter of Michael to determine and drive her reality for decades, has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man, Corey Cunningham, is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror and will force Lori to finally confront the evil she can't control once and for all. Wow, they're doing a time jump? Yeah, so they're going four years in the future. Michael has not been seen for four years. So here's the part. Okay, so there's two parts of this description that leaves me scratching my head a bit. The first one is, who the fuck is Corey Cunningham and why are we getting him in the third movie? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) He's probably like some little kid that was like in one second of Halloween 2018. Okay, well, yeah, so, but this is only four years in the future from then, and he is babysitting a kid and accused of killing him. So I'm I'm pegging this character is probably going to be, like, Lori's age from the original, like 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And I also heard that Corey's, um, his story in this film is the main driving force of the film. Like that, those are things that I've read online from, I guess, people who have seen pre-screenings of the film. Hmm. Apparently, apparently, he plays this a really big part in the film. Interesting. Um. The other thing about this description that leaves me scratching my head is this line right here, where it says, "Lori, after allowing the specter of Michael to determine and drive her reality for decades, has decided to liberate herself." From fear and rage and embrace life. When we meet Lori in Halloween 2018, she spent the last 40 years being obsessed with Michael Myers, shaping her entire existence, her entire life around the possibility of him escaping where he was locked away and coming back after her. You mean to tell me now, four years after Michael brutally murdered her daughter, she decides it's time to liberate herself and write a memoir. Especially because, obviously, they didn't catch him, right? He's not in jail. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, that seems awfully stupid. It, it, just, <laughs> it seems like it's such a, a sharp left turn from the Lori that we met in 2018. And I don't know if four years 
is enough of a time jump to justify that sudden shift in her character. Yeah, especially because when we met her, just she spent forty years of her life yeah, to the point with... where her daughter was taken away from her. Like, come on, man, sis isn't sitting down to write a memoir because Michael hasn't been seen for four years. Unless, like, right at the beginning, he's shot, and then they take him to, like, the morgue, and then... Yeah. But even... I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there. I guess we'll... I guess we'll have to wait to find out in Halloween Ends, coming out... But you know what? I'm excited. (laughs) I I am. I'm properly excited because... Listen, I love Halloween. And you love Halloween. The holiday Halloween. I love the movies, too. But anytime there's a new Halloween movie coming out, it just always adds just a little bit more pumpkin spice on the season. (laughs) That was terrible. Hell, yeah. Get that pumpkin spice. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go see it. I'm hoping that the drive-in that's near me will have it uh, immediately. Ooh. I'm still a bit nervous about going into movie theaters. Drive-in... On a cool, crisp October night, watching Halloween on the big screen. <laughs> sounds sounds great. Sounds like a damn good time to me. You know what else is a damn good time? What, what's that? Mario 64. You think so? No. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, that's right, fan. <laughs> that's right, our fans. All 15 of you guys. I see you guys watching. Oh, I hit the mic with my hat. Um, I see you guys watching or listening to the I said, listening to the podcast. I can't talk today. Um, yeah, today I see you listening. I see you listening to the podcast. <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> All right, man, that was good. I like that. I see you, baby. <laughs> so yeah, today we're gonna be discussing the 1996 video game super mario 64 yeah one of the most important video games of all time that's true because uh travis recently was playing it and uh had to had to set it down for a bit because uh yeah i had to take a time out and take a time out and uh I had to take a time out man it 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 beat me emotionally <laughs> to the point where i can't even look at the cartridge anymore <laughs> So you have, like, the actual cartridge? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't have a Nintendo 64. Oh, wait, no, not not the Nintendo 64 cartridge. Oh, no. the Switch one, okay. <laughs> yeah, the 3D All-Stars, yeah. Yeah, I was like, honestly, like, I saw a, a repro cart, like, it was labeled as a reproduction cart for Mario 64 for 10 bucks on Amazon. I was like, 10 bucks, if it works, that's worth it. Yeah, but uh, I also don't own a Nintendo sixty four, so it'd be a, <laughs> it'd be for nothing. No oh, man, just go out and buy one. Listen, look on Craigslist, man. There's, <laughs> <laughs> that that's funny. <laughs> time to reclaim my, <laughs> time to shatter some more dreams on Craigslist. This is a fake Nintendo sixty four. It's actually a Sega Genesis. <laughs> You go to meet the guy, and it's the same guy. <laughs> Dude, this is a Sega Saturn. Oh. <laughs> but, like, he, he put a sticker on it that says Nintendo 64. <laughs> 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 or, no, he he, he uh, wrote on it in white marker, Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he gives you a SNES and he just in black permanent marker wrote 64 on the top. Of it. No, he colored the entire thing black. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you the SNES with the N64 controller. <laughs> yeah, and it's all like brokenly smashed into the port. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh but anyway, we're gonna talk about Super Mario 64 because I think while I think we both appreciate it, I think I love it endearingly. And Travis, I have a lot, lot, lot of love and nostalgia for this game. And you know, Travis not so much. No, not no, not necessarily the part about on. love, but you know, he doesn't have a lot of nostalgia factor, I don't think. So. No, listen, I love Super Mario 64. I just don't think it's a good game to play in 2022. Well, before we get into that, let me let me drop some history on y'all cuz I love this shit. So, released on it was released on September 29th, 1996 in North America. It actually came out on June 23rd, 1996 in Japan. Also, Lil baby Lil baby Travis was just 3 years old. <laughs> Little baby Travis. Baby Travis. I was eight. I think I just turned eight. Yep, I had just turned eight. Four days earlier, and Super Mario 64 came out. I had to count on my fingers, dear listeners. Yeah, it was the very first 3D Mario game. Not the first 3D game ever, but... uh, What was the first 3D game? So I was actually researching that, and a lot of people are kind of divided on it. Because there's a lot of games that in the 80s were called like something 3d and they just kind of were pseudo 3d so they had the illusion of 3d but really they were like 2d games with or uh with tricks to make it look like it was 3d yeah but i think because a 3d game really is like 3d sprites in a three-dimensional world and a, a lot of like games were like either a three-dimensional world with 2d sprites or whatever or like Virtual Fighter is a whole 3D game, but it's a fighting game, so you play on a 2D axis or you know, yeah, uh, a, a side-scrolling axis, I should say. So, but the modern, the modern 3D game that we know today is directly linked to Super Mario 64. That's the one that started it. Yep, pretty much every, uh, every developer after Super Mario 64 owes a debt of gratitude to. Super Mario 64 and Nintendo for basically getting 3D right for the most part. I mean, it still has some hiccups, but uh yeah. But anyway, uh it was one of the one of two launch titles for North Americans for the Nintendo 64. The other being Pilot Wings Wings Pilot Wings 64. The Nintendo 64 release schedule is horrible. I looked it up yesterday. Or I've been I've been researching uh stuff for like two, three days, and the first year of Nintendo 64 is so atrocious how many games came out. It's like within a year, like maybe 20, 30 games came out. Well, I mean, that is terrible. That- <laughs> Even today, though, that's par for the course with Nintendo. I mean, when you, when you think like, about main 
like main like Pokemon, not Pokemon, but Nintendo first party releases. Well, no, no. When I mean 2030 games, I don't mean just Nintendo. I mean like third party and Nintendo. Like the Switch at launch had like 15 titles and this had two. So like to put in perspective. Okay. Um anyway. So but you know what? I didn't care back in 1996 because I played Super Mario 64 so goddamn much. Uh, so you got it launch year? I did. Well, my brother did. I'll get into that in a second, though. So Shigeru, Shigeru Miyamoto, the uh, godfather of Mario, first envisioned a 3D Mario title when he was working on a little game called Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. Uh, that used the Super FX chip to create 3D polygons and... He was like, I wonder if I can make a Super Mario game with this. But eventually they decided to wait until the successor to Super Nintendo. Uh, development began on in September of 1994 and lasted until May of 1996, which is crazy because it came out in June <laughs> in Japan. So that means like Holy cow. one month, one month they were like, okay, <laughs> press these cards, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's going. And like, Cards take a significant amount more time than discs, so... Oh, yeah. It's great. That is crazy. Especially in 1996. Yeah. And, like, Nintendo had strict standards about their cartridges where you had to get... Well, I guess it doesn't matter for them because they're making the game, but, like, third parties had to buy the cards from them, so it's it's wild. Um, Most of the time in development was spent on making uh, sure that Mario's movements were good. Like, they went through, like, 250 animations... And they used like 190, I think. Uh, one of the things that was thought of but scrapped was split screen co op, where the second player would play as Luigi, but they just couldn't get it to play right, so they scrapped it. And uh, the little bunny that you chase in the basement, and uh, the little golden bunny, his name is Mips, was actually one of uh, uh, one of the characters they created while in the initial stages of development because they wanted. To make sure Mario's movements were good, so they created a rabbit to just run around in empty space, and then they would like use Mario to chase it. And then they decided to put that in to the uh, game. And then they, I think it, they said like half of the development was literally just them like in a blank space, just making sure that Mario ran, like movement felt right, and then the rest of it was a uh, designing levels. It is the best-selling N64 game with. 11,910,000 units sold. That's as of 2015, which is roughly a 36% chance, or sorry, a 30 per, 36% attachment rate. So 36% of people who own a Nintendo 64 had Super Mario 64. I would think that number would have been higher. I thought so too. Um, that sounds low. That's kind of, mm, I mean, that's buying, kind of, uh, buying games back then was not as common. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's kind of usual, though, for like consoles. Because even if you look at Switch, um, like the best-selling game for it is a uh, is it Animal Crossing? I forget. We just had that episode. Somebody tell us. Um, <laughs> somebody. <laughs> <laughs> somebody go back and listen to I'll our. Go episode. back and look at our notes for episode one. So Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is the best-selling Switch game. Ah, shit. Yeah, yeah I should have Animal, known that. Animal Crossing New Horizons was the second one. Fucking so, right yeah, it was. I think, 
I think, uh, <laughs> damn right it was. Um, yeah, that's kind of an anomaly, I feel like. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought it would be a little bit higher, too. And maybe my math is wrong, you know? But, uh, the, uh, console sold, like, 32 million, and the, uh, the game was 11, so, you know, matches up, I feel like. If you just think about it for one second, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, that's about the, that's, that's the history of Super Mario, some of the history of Super Mario 64. So now, uh, Travis, what, what, what are some of your memories of Super Mario 64? You know what's funny? I don't, it's hard for me to remember a time when there wasn't an N64 in the house. I mean, I was three when it released. I'm not sure what year my parents, uh, bought it for us, but yeah, some of, some of my earliest memories are playing Super Mario 64. Funny enough, I don't think I ever had my own save file when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to always play on my brother's because he, he had downstairs and the upstairs of the castle already unlocked. Okay. And honestly, like, I would primarily, when I was a kid, my time spending the game was playing the levels that I had, like, seen my brother play so I knew how to beat him because I seen him do them. Or I would just, like, you know, be running around the castle doing stuff <laughs> but i never i never beat the game proper as a kid and then you then you beat it recently right <laughs> no <laughs> i didn't so wait you didn't beat like the last bowser no i thought you just didn't get all 120 stars okay so i started playing mario super mario i started playing mario 64 probably three months ago on my switch um i think as of today i got like 85 stars i got everything downstairs everything on the main floor i don't think i got any of the 100 coin stars though my plan was to go back to each one and get those last but basically besides those i got everything else that i'm aware of in the castle except what's behind that last door you know that room that has um yeah the clock and the, the, yeah the clock level the other two levels and then the last uh bowser stage but no i cannot beat bowser i always get down to the last part where you just it's the last time you gotta throw him into one of those bombs or you know whatever they are and mm -hmm. uh, i just keep missing until he eventually kills me so oh, I'm man. taking so so I'm on hiatus right now. <laughs> a little bummed out about it, man, because you know, I was really excited when I started playing it again because I'm like, you know, this game uh, is a big part of my childhood, and I never sat down and really played through it. So I was really excited to get 120 stars, and you know, finally, uh, finally check that off the bucket list. You know, that I 100%ed Super Mario 64, and it does not look like that's in the cards for me. Oh, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever return to it to uh to at least try to beat Bowser again. I might. Who knows? But, yeah, as of now, I'm on, hi on uh, hiatus. What about you? I know you've beaten the game a few times, right? A few? <laughs> a few! Don't, um... don't, you, don't you, like, play it yearly? Not yearly, but every couple of years. Okay. Um, I, yeah, so 
my brother, my older brother bought the Nintendo 64 at launch. And it's funny that you say you don't remember a time without a Nintendo 64 because I do. Like, I, we had like a, a the original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. So I remember all of those. But I think Super Mario 64 was the first time that, like, I, like, I loved a game so much. Like, I, you know, I liked video games and, uh, I like video games a lot, but I think that was the first one to like completely like shatter <laughs> everything I thought a video game could be and like just cat it totally uh capture my imagination. And uh although I guess I did cry during uh Sonic and Knuckles when I was a kid. So uh you know, sometimes you got to cry during video games, but uh yeah, I, I would say Super Mario 64 is probably my most played game ever. Um, I, obviously, I don't have like a, you know, a tally of how many hours I've played it, but I've probably beaten it like seven or eight times. I used to. How many of those times would you say you 100%ed it? I only did that one or twice. I did it on the original Nintendo 64 cartridge, but I was older. I think I was like 15 or so, but. Yeah, when I was a kid, I just did the bare minimum, and then I would, <laughs> I would like not play it for like a while, and then go back and start over. But then I, the second time was uh, when the th Mario 3D All Stars released. I like went through and cleared all those games of a uh, hundred and twenty stars. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is actually accurate, but I think my brother rented Super Mario 64 from Blockbuster. Because he couldn't find an actual cartridge. And then I just remember him renting it for like months. Like instead of finding, like going out and finding a cartridge. But that honestly doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know if that's true. But I distinctly remember that being a thing. Like I said, I absolutely, absolutely adore this game. Like, I mean, there are obviously critiques, but it's such a big part of my childhood and just you know I, it's a game i can go back to every couple of years and play and enjoy and uh i love a lot of things about it i love the music a lot too i have a playlist on spotify that is my favorite songs ever and the jolly roger bay and dire dire docks song is on that playlist <laughs> like and that that's of music like music by bands that I like. And I have this fucking video game song on that playlist. Uh, shout out to Koji Kondo, the uh, composer of Super Mario 64. Because that dude rules and he always makes some fire-ass soundtracks for Mario games. Oh yeah, for sure. The end credit theme. This is so... <laughs> this is so... Uh, <laughs> this is so funny to admit, but I was watching the end credits to Super Mario 64 not even recently like a month or two ago because I wanted to listen to the song and I was just watching it on YouTube and I you know I got a little teary-eyed when uh some of that music was playing because it just warped me back to being a child and beating the game and just reminded me of how many fun memories I have that involved that game and, you know I was I was like in the break room at work just like don't look at me. I'm, <laughs> I'm crying over Super Mario 64. But, uh, yeah, I, I love this game. 
the so it might be hard for me to uh, admit its faults. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think people like for people in our our age range there's a game that's more important? Um yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, I can see someone like a few years younger than us thinking like Grand Theft Auto 3 or Vice City or San Andreas is like the quintessential like 3D game. I never want to talk to those people. <laughs> or even like or even like there's probably people that think like Doom, like the original Doom is they're a couple years older than us or like sure. You know, people older, older, Super Mario original or Super Mario 3. I don't necessarily think there's one game that is, like, the best ever. I mean, I think people have their favorites, but I think there are a ton of games that are really important timestamps mm -hmm. to uh, the history of video games. And, uh, yeah, I think I think if you're in our sort of age group, it might be, like, this or Ocarina of Time or even, like, Half-Life, probably, but... uh. Yeah, I think depending on your age, it's going to be something different. Something, sure. and also people's personal taste is going to dictate, you know, the kind of things they're more driven to and then uh, discover and whatnot. So, I think, I think if you ask anybody, though, they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, they'll talk warmly about Super Mario 64 for the most part. Um, I don't know if anybody will be like, this game fucking sucks and piece of shit. I mean, maybe there is, but I think the majority of people would be like, yeah, that's a great game. You know, when I was doing my rounds on the internet in preparation for this episode, even like the, like the reviews about the game that were a bit more negative, even then, like people still always had nice things to say about the game. Yeah, it's just like, it's such a revolutionary game. Yeah. Like you, you can't, totally. you can't, you can't deny, like you said, you can't deny its importance. Say what you will about the controls, but the fact that they were able to accomplish that on their first try is amazing. Yeah, especially for a team that had already mastered two D platforming. Like, they, yeah, they had released uh, Super Mario Three and Super Mario World, and then they were like. Let's uh let's go to another dimension and they hit it out of the park their first yeah. time. Whereas a lot of the 3D games that were coming out at that time were either like I said pseudo 3D games, like not really 3D, right? Or right. or were just kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> like if you look back at the original Tomb Raider, like the controls are horrible for yeah. it. Yeah. I'm playing through the original, the original Resident Evil right now, and I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling a bit. That, I have like mixed feelings. I feel like that the controls are kind of a, uh, for Resident Evil are like intentional because they make you, uh, they make you move that way, so it's hard to escape from enemies, and then it yeah. adds to the fear. But I do see like it's an early 3D game, so controls yeah. at that time are not very good. Like, I think the PlayStation had a game called Jumping Flash, which is a 3D first-person view platformer. And, uh... It's alright, I guess. But, uh, compared to Super Mario 64, it's like a little dog turd. So tell me how you think that, that Super Mario 64 aged. 
I can still back or, or sorry, I can still go back and play it and enjoy it. I do think that there are major issues with it in terms of the camera. That's like the only one of the only issues I have with it is just there's two camera systems and they're both not very good. <laughs> they I don't know. They they get stuck in certain parts and it's hard to like tell depth perception, which even they've admitted like the developers basically put uh a shadow under you that didn't really make sense when thinking of lighting. But they were like, this is the only way people can even hit these jumps is if we do this. So I do think it shows its age because it's the first one to do it right um, and still have issues in terms of camera. But I also think it shows its age because the Mario games that succeeded it, like if you look at Odyssey compared to Mario 64, it's like night and day. I think the controlling Mario in 64 is fine, but I think the overall package of Odyssey is just better. Where, it, like, controlling Mario, the camera is great. So I think it's all, it shows its age because of the time period and it being, you know, one of the first successful 3D game like, revolutionary uh, 3D games. But also just because, you know, Nintendo has been improving on it ever since so yeah for me i agree it 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 definitely shows its age you know i never so the camera's terrible we agree on that yeah but like the the funny part is like okay so there's one where it's like directly behind you Mm -hmm. and i don't know does anyone use that like how do how does anyone use that? It's like directly behind you, you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no idea. And the other one just gets caught up in things, and yeah, it just makes ju- a lot of the jumping obstacles a little harder. Um, it is, I mean, I, you can control it, but it still is not the greatest. I will admit. <laughs> yeah, I've never. I've never been able to control Mario particularly well in this game, but I acknowledge that that's just me being bad at the game. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm usually pretty bad at video <laughs> games in general. So I, I'll, uh, I'll take that one. I, I don't think, I don't think the the controls for Mario itself are bad. I, that's, that's me, but I can't get past that camera. Sometimes that camera just, I can't tell you how many times I died just because of that camera. <laughs> yeah, I I I understand that. It's a uh, it's it's not very great, but I also give them sl- you know some slack because it was the first one. So yeah, they 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 absolutely get a pass, but it's hard it's hard to recommend. Like I would, I would recommend everybody who hasn't played the game to play it. But I feel like when I recommend it to somebody, I gotta be like, "Okay, you should check this out." But right, like, let them know what they're in for. Yeah, that is true. It is <laughs> just because they've improved on it so much. It's hard to be like, "Go play this." It's <laughs> like I think it's one of the best games ever. But I think a lot of that is nostalgia and. Uh, just its impact on future uh video games, but like, if so, if I had no attachment to this at all, and somebody was like, "Here's two games, 
and they were Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Odyssey, and I played them both, I would probably go with Odyssey. Another thing I think that aged really well for Super Mario 64 is the hub world. Yeah. I think to the I think to this day you can make the argument that that's still the best hub world in any video game. Oh yeah, they picked like it's fun. they do such a good job at teaching you the mechanics of the game without having a tutorial. Like they yeah. have they have you just in an open area, and you yeah. there's no time limit or anything. They're just like you gotta go up to the castle, and then like you can do whatever you want, take as long as you want. To get, you know, to get the controls down. Then once you do, you go in the castle and Bowser's like, hey, man, get out of here. Yeah, you can pretty much master all of Mario's movement without even entering the castle. And that's what I didn't do. (laughs) (laughs) I never mastered his movement. But yeah, I think the argument could still be made that that Peach's castle in Mario 64 is the best hub world. And yeah, it's so impactful that they keep using it to this day. Like they used they used it in Super Mar or sorry, Mario Kart sixty four. Well in the trophy celebration, you go up to the castle. It's in Mario Odyssey. Like it's in Paper Mario, which you know, we just talked about. It's like the same design as yeah. the uh, or at least the outside is. So like yeah, it's a really iconic uh world. It did create the collect em ups genre, which I'm not like a lot of people aren't big fans of. I don't mind them, depending. Like, uh, I think the Mario games are fine when they do that, but like, there's games like the rare 3D platformers, like specifically Donkey Kong 64, which has like 4,000 collectibles. And I'm just like, this is way too much. Like, I think Banjo and Kazooie did everything that Mario 64 did wrong, they did right. Oh yeah, they took that formula and they made it better. I uh, I haven't played Banjo Kazooie in a long time, but I remember thinking that it wasn't good. But I remember thinking Banjo Tooie was good. I don't know why. Um, that's the one on the three sixty, right? No, Banjo Tooie was the one on N sixty four. Banjo Nuts and Bolts was on the three sixty. That was like the one where you built. Wait, stuff. which one was Banjo Kazooie? Banjo-Kazooie was the f- the first one on the Nintendo 64. And then the second oh. one on Nintendo 64 was Banjo-Tooie. Ah. Okay. So Banjo-Kazooie is the one I played, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I remember not thinking it was good, but I also haven't played it in like 20 years, so that might be a... Yeah, it's been a long time, so I'm going off memory, but... I remember I rented... I used to rent that all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you rented it every week for a year. I swear to God, I think my brother rented it like every day or every week for like three months at least. And like I said, it was like the only game to play at the beginning of it, of the Nintendo 64 launch. So the only other thing I want to point out about the controls for Mario 64 and how they aged is the flying fucking sucks. (laughs) That's it. That's a statement. It sucks. <laughs> you don't like the wing cap, man? No. <laughs> man, that song, though, is so good once you get the cap. I remember vividly, like, because you get 10 stars, and then the light emits from the uh, 
the ceiling. You know, down on the uh, little sun uh, flooring. And I remember, like, vividly as a kid being like, whoa, what is this? And then, like, going in the first person and looking up. Like, that, that is just wild that they were just like, yo, check this out. We're not going to tell you what to do, but you'll figure it out, maybe. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like the flying cap stages, but, you know, I understand not liking it. <laughs> I was surprisingly able to get through the flying cap stages. I got those stars, funny enough. <laughs> Can't get any of the other ones. The uh, the music for the wing cap and the metal cap are amazing, but the mm-hmm. music for the invisibility one, I think, is not good. If yeah, it leaves memory, a lot to be desired. If memory can ser- or uh, if memory serves me correct, but uh, yeah. All right, so you want to have a little bit of fun and talk about our favorite and least favorite stages? Yeah, sure. Or I, levels uh, or whatever you choose to call them. I wrote down all the actual levels because I was like, I'm gonna forget these. And, okay. uh, I I have I have three of my favorite and three of my least favorite. <laughs> all right, go with a. Uh, Go with your three. Uh, Want to start salty or sweet? <laughs> hmm. Let's start salty, I guess. Um, so then we can go sweet. Yeah, we've been singing his praises. Let's get salty a little bit. All right, Rainbow Ride can go oh suck a dick. Oh my god! Yes, I hate this stage so fuck, much. Fuck this fucking. Okay, this stage. It strips everything. That's good about this game out. You're stuck on this slow ass movie fucking carpet. And you can get all the way to the top or wherever you're going. One mishap and your ass is gone. And then you got to start all the way over. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Like in, uh, like in theory. But I think it's just the camera makes it hard to, like, uh, tell depth perception and, you know, figure out where, like, the fire is coming from. That is the worst when you get hit by fire and you're, like, running around this carpet. And I'm, like, trying to just move in a circle so I don't fall off and I always fall off the magic carpet. Yeah, I I don't like that level at all. That's That's one I wrote down. So another one I have is Snowman's Land. Why did we need another snow level? Look, man, we got two water levels. And all and both of those are terrible. But I feel like the water levels were too easy to put on my least favorite list because swimming and it's another swimming is right up there with flying. It's not as bad, but it's bad. Really? Oh, it's okay. bad when you gotta swim through an entire level. It's bad. Hmm. Interesting. Um yeah, I feel like Snowman's Land, I don't necessarily not like it, but it's not it's not as cool as Cool Cool Mountain. I remember, I forget which star it was, but I just remember I was stuck on it. I think it's the one where you where you got to uh hop on the Koopa shell. Oh, yeah. I I just remember struggling with with that stage. And I just the entire time I was like Cool Cool Mountain was Far superior. Why am I here again? <laughs> I, 
I guess I should say that a uh, hazy maze cave is not one of my favorites. It, it would be, it would be down there. Yeah, I agree. I like the music a lot, and I like the oh yeah, at- the music in that one's nice. And I like the atmosphere, but it's just got there's like so many annoying things about it that like it's got that rainbow ride part where you have to ride on the uh, the moving elevator thing, which is I don't think it's nearly as bad as rainbow ride but uh you know it's not great and then there's the part where you're in the gas or the uh the uh the gas chamber Mm -hmm. that one's not all that great i don't even necessarily not like it but it would be definitely in my bottom all right so the last one i have in my least favorite category is tiny huge island I think by the time I got to this one, I was starting to kind of get burned out a bit. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I just, I struggled with this one so much. I trying think... to, oh, go ahead. Trying to get into that entrance, into the cave where the red coins are at, is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. I I definitely. Uh, would put that at the bottom as well. Um, I seen list where Tiny Huge Island was number one, the best level in the game. You know, I think they do a like. It's a very interesting concept, and I think, uh, I think if they like remade it for a level in the next Mario game, I think they could pull it off very well. But yeah, I don't know. There's just too many. Uh, limitations with like camera and uh, yeah, it just yeah, that would definitely, yeah, I agree. That would definitely be in the bottom. So we got. What about you? What else we, do you got in the bottom that I didn't didn't that's, name? That's pretty much it. Um, I would I would maybe put TikTok Clock there. The only reason it's not there is because I I literally attempted it twice and then gave up on it. I um I love because no like you know when I was a kid I didn't read there was no internet you know you just had what uh like the playground rumors and stuff like that and so I like was just kind of running around that level and just happened to like jump into the clock and was like whoa like totally blew my mind um I like the I like the fact that if you stop it at certain times uh, the movement of objects in the level stop mm-hmm. or go faster. That's, that's a really neat detail. I think I don't even, ne- I don't necessarily not like it, but it would definitely be towards the bottom. Um, There's just a lot of like, I like the idea of a steady climb up, but yeah, again, like some of those jumps and like, because of the camera kind of gets in, it gets in your way a little bit. It's in its its own way, I should say. Yeah, the game is definitely at its best when the levels are more open-ended and there's a bunch of different ways to get where you're trying to go. When they get more linear like that, it, it doesn't make for a very good time, even though one of those linear levels is on my favorite list, but <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so I would probably put Rainbow Ride. I would definitely put Rainbow Ride. Uh, I'd probably put... Uh, Hazy Maze Cave, and then I'd probably put 
Tiny Huge Island as my bottom three. But really the only one I openly like dislike is Rainbow Ride. Yeah, that one's rough. I think I got one star off of that level. Wow. All right, man. All right. It's, it's time well, it's time to get sweet. All right, so why don't you give me some of your favorites? Oh man. <sighs> this is in no particular order, but I'm gonna go for first one I'm on the list is Cool Cool Mountain. I think that's okay. uh, I think that's one of the best. I think it's a uh, you start at a really good spot when you're just near that house. It leaves a lot of intrigue, and then you know you slide down. The sliding is so amazing, like when you slide down the mountain, and then you just end up in front of that snowman. Well, eventually, but uh, I mean, come on, who doesn't enjoy throwing the penguin off the side of the cliff? I love doing that so much. It's like so morbid. And you know, I was watching like beta footage of Super Mario sixty four, and they had a fence there originally, so you couldn't do that. Oh, that's. And then then they took it out. (laughs) They're they're just like, yeah, throw that penguin. Well, God bless them. You know what is? It's a cool detail that there's two penguins, and if you bring the mom the wrong one, she's like, "This looks nothing like my baby." (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Which is so funny because they look exactly the same. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, So good. And then, yeah, you go in the house, you race the penguin. Uh, Dude, that penguin was way easier to beat as a kid. I love that race. Um, that motherfucker it, is hard. <laughs> dude, you know what is a great part about that race is there's a shortcut you can take because there's like this <laughs> line of coins and you go yeah. through a wall. <laughs> yeah. I love that if you take that, he's like, you cheated. <laughs> I don't remember being that way in the original. It might have been. I might be mistaken. What? the? the but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I. I could have swore in the original when you took the shortcut, you still got the star. No, I didn't. I, I'm, I could it, be wrong. I, th- I think it was still that way. It's been a while since I've played the actual Nintendo 64 cartridge, but I'm pretty sure it was. You know okay. what is another of my favorite details about that? I'm going to potentially spoil something. It's not like huge, but well... <laughs> Yeah, it is. Anyway, uh, once you get 120 stars, you can go back to that stage, and he'll be real big. Like, oh shit! And he says, "Like, oh Mario, I haven't been training. <laughs> I put on some weight. You still want to raise?" And uh, I just think that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I love that level. Um, what about you? What's a favorite of yours? So I did have Cool Cool Mountain on there. So we agree there. I think the one that I have on my top three that might be a bit controversial is Tall Tall Mountain. I like Tall Tall Mountain. It, it It's one of the more linear levels. It does get a little bit repetitive climbing all the way up the mountain. But I had a good time with this level. Um, I think it does. I think it does what TikTok Clock does, but better. Yeah. I didn't have too many issues with the camera with this one the camera gets a little gets a little bit wonky when you try to get down and talk to the pink bomb bomb to get the cannon unlocked but aside from that i don't think i have any issues 
there's a lot of details in that level that are cool too like yeah uh like the monkey obviously that seals your hat that's cool the uh the the little mushrooms towards the beginning of the level if you jump on one it'll teleport you to a different part of the the Mm -hmm. island that's really cool uh the wind like if you jump off at certain sections it'll uh pick you up and you can float that's really cool yeah yeah i think it has a lot of little details that are just like fun to figure out i like that level a lot of my favorites are just the first four levels honestly <laughs> like Babom battlefield i love Babom battlefield uh it's the first level you go to and like no for, first of all just jumping into the paintings like especially as a your first time playing is like amazing mm-hmm in itself and then that level is kind of more open and uh as soon as you start the level there's like little little pink bombs and they got the can in there but you can't get it yet so you know it's really intriguing and then you got of course the chain chomp which is sweet you got the uh the turtle that you can hit and ride the shell which has the wing cap music which rules and then of course like climbing the mountain and uh, meeting King Babam, he's all like, "You can't pick me up, throw me." Then you just throw him around. You know, I really love that level, except for one star. What's that? It's the one where you gotta uh, shoot yourself off that floating platform and get all the coins. Oh, that one is real hard to line up. That's why you gotta have that wing cap, man. Even with the wing cap, I can't control the wing cap. <laughs> Yeah, I just end up flying into no man's land. Yeah, that one is probably the the worst of those stars. Um, that's also the first time you race uh race the Koopa. I used to I, do that. I used to do that star over and over as a kid. Yeah, I love racing the Koopa. I guess that's a one of the saving graces of a. Tiny Huge Island is I like that race too. Even though it has that part where you cross the bridge and the wind is coming at you and Koopa's on your tail, you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, but Bomb Battlefield rules. I love that level. The other one I got on my list is Big Boo's Haunt. Big Boo's Haunt, I don't have on my list, but I like it. Um I mean, come on, it's a haunted house. What else do you want for me? It's such a stark contrast from everything in the game. Like, I think that's what makes it so cool is it's not a painting. Uh, You go out in the garden. First of all, like, I I can't remember how many stars you get, but maybe it's like 15 or something. But you go down that basement. There's no boo. You come back up after you have a certain amount of stars. There's a boo. And you're like, oh, man, let me go and explore. Like, check this out. And then you're out in this garden. You punch a boo in the butt. <laughs> a little thing comes out. And then you shrink into it. Like, that's that's just wild. And you, the can mu- beat, you can play that entire game and not know that that level is back there. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you were like, I don't want to check out that boo. That's it. <laughs> you just keep going. Yeah. The, the music is great. Uh, the is. atmosphere is great. It's like genuinely creepy. Like it is. There's that that room you go in where the piano starts chasing <laughs> after you. Man, 
I remember being so scared as a kid, just running past and be like, oh, rah, rah. <laughs> like, and then, and then you walk into the the exact next room, and books just come flying off the shelf at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like the one star where you gotta, um, you gotta get the invisible cap and then run all the way back through that kind of like hidden room. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I, I mean. The haunted house, it that that's all it needed to be, and I was hooked. The, you, yeah, that level's real cool. There's so much to do in that level too. Like you can literally climb, you climb up to the roof of it. Yeah, like, that's just so cool to me. Even though the camera is like kind of wonky when you get up on the roof, that's the only time I used the camera perspective that's right behind Mario because I'm just like I don't want to fall off this roof. Right. So, but yeah, there's so much to do in that level. I really like it. So those are the ones I got. You got any other ones you want to mention? You know what? This might be controversial, but uh, I'm a real big fan of uh, Jolly Roger Bay, the water level. I think it's got the best music in the in the game. And uh, I don't know. I like the pirate ship. I like swimming. The eel is there. Uh, yeah, I like it. That's one of my favorites. I didn't hate it. Which is about the nicest thing I could say for it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Dire Dire, or sorry, uh, yeah, Dire Dire Docks. But that's where you ride uh, uh, Net, the Loch Ness Monster. His name is Dory, but, uh, oh, it's Hazy Maze Cave. Yeah, that's why I like that level now that I think about it. Um, yeah, in Hazy Maze Cave, you ride the Loch Ness Monster, or Dory, uh, for short. And, uh, yeah, I like that part a lot. But anyway, um, let me see. Um, Womp's Fortress is a real good one. Uh, it's got that more open sort of feel, but when you get to the top, you, uh, fight that swamp. I love that. I love that fight a lot. Then there's the part where the, where they build the structure on top of it and you got to climb it. Um, and, but the bullet bills are chasing after you. I remember being a kid and like, like you pick that star and you go up to the top and like, there's the little, uh, cannon, but it doesn't really look like a cannon. And I remember walking up to it and being like, what is this? And then <laughs> a bullet bill just shot out and hit me <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah. I like a lot of these levels, honestly. Uh, the I think the, I think the first, I think the first floor, like the main floor, has the best levels. Um, the basement has good levels most of the time. Uh, once you get to the upstairs, is where the like kind of it drops off a little bit. But luckily, you only need like seventy stars to actually get up to Bowser. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, I love the last boss fight, too. Um, I love the music in the last boss fight. It's all creepy. It's an organ. Like, like so. I love the endless stairs. <laughs> There's, you know what's another great thing about this game? Is, like, people have broken this game down so much, uh, with glitches and just, uh, just figured out all sorts of weird stuff. Like you can do a reverse long jump and uh 
Like you can do a long jump, but go backwards in the original one, and you can totally bypass the never-ending stairs. <laughs> it's crazy what people have figured out. Um, yeah, there is so. a there is a pretty big uh speed running community for that game, isn't there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, people are people are crazy with uh the stuff they I'm... figure out how to like break that game down and uh basically get it to <laughs> to improperly run to give them the best time. Sound like the type of people who study frame data for Smash Bros. Yeah, I I love video games so much, but I will never be someone who's I appreciate everything that like modders and uh people who find glitches in games and exploit them. I think that's really awesome and I think it's really cool that people have the time and patience to figure it out. I am not one of these people. And uh I I don't think I'll ever be. Yeah, you bought the game enjoy it how you choose. Yeah, totally. Um I guess uh we went through our favorite levels. I guess uh, there's only one thing, one thing to do, one thing to talk about. Should Super Mario sixty four be remade? Drum roll, Justin thinks. I this is literally what I wrote down. Hell to the fuck no! <laughs> I don't, I don't want this. It, which is funny because it basically did with Super Mario sixty four DS. Um. That one added new things that, you know, di- uh, diversified it from the original. I just think, I don't know. I think it's such a, like, timestamp, and I have so many fond memories of it. I don't necessarily think that Nintendo would do a bad job recreating it, but I don't think there's a point to it, because, like I said, they just, they keep improving on it with every entry in the Mario series that comes out. So, like... And even ones that aren't necessarily as great, they do things that are interesting enough to where I, you know, I appreciate them a lot. Like, we just saw with Odyssey, that game is amazing. And they're going to keep pushing uh, Mario into different directions. So, I think if anything, more effort should go into creating the next Mario experience as opposed to, you know, revisiting an old one. And potentially fixing issues. And besides, you can like, they did it with Odyssey where you add the uh, the Mushroom Kingdom uh, planet or level. And they have, you know, so they could always do that where they just take select levels and uh, put them in Mario games just as a throwback. So I don't see the point. But what do you think? Um, Honestly, I, don't, I couldn't set it better myself. I completely agree. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. It's playable as it is now, and I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Super Mario sixty four should be like uh, what is it called when a historical monument type oh. thing, like yeah, how yeah, they yeah, yeah like they do with movies. slap that yeah, or they slap that label on like a building so you can't touch the building, you can't do any renovations, just leave it alone. Yeah, the historically significant and uh, yeah, absolutely. should not be touched. Yeah, and, and as and as you said, you know, pull those resources and just continue to work on whatever the next big 3D Mario game is going to be, which I have no doubt is going to be amazing. Yeah, 
Mario 64, it's a, it's a national treasure. Whenever I hear people like diss on it, I'm like, what's what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, even even though like I had my gripes with it and I was a little bit salty for a few days after I decided to put it down, it it's still like it's hard for me to rag on it too hard just because it 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 holds such a significance to my childhood. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few games, like I said, we we've rented majority of our games uh back then as most people did but mario 64 was one of the ones that we owned so it was always there it was always available to play i played it a bunch just unfortunate that i'll probably never be able to beat it no man you can totally beat it i believe in you (laughs) i bet if you try it again like give it you know a couple weeks or so i bet if you go back and try it again you could totally beat it i'll give it another shot you know, I said the same thing about Super Mario 3D World, where I couldn't beat the last stage. And I took a three-month break, and then I came back and beat it. It's just like, when uh, when you get frustrated, like, playing games while frustrated is awful. Because it just, you know, you, if you keep losing, it just adds to the frustration and it makes you play worse. Because, you know, you're trying harder and... You know, you're overthinking things and you're uh, you're fixated on mistakes and then you're going to make more mistakes. And then, you know, it's just it's just bad news bears all around. Just got to take just got to take a little break. Come back, you know, cleanse that palate. Come back. Kick Bowser's ass. That is a bad part of the game. I will admit that throwing throw, <laughs> throwing him into the bombs. I don't like it. But especially, yeah, especially rough. in the last part where they they take the the chunks out, yeah, it's, it's rough. But all right, I think I'll give it another week and then I'll and I'll try it. Yeah, I bet if you, I bet you'll beat it. The good thing about it though is they put a uh the detection rate is a uh, pretty wide. So like, I mean, considering like the size of the bomb, so like even if you're just a little off. You you should uh, be able to nail it, because they were probably like, okay, this is hard. But yeah, man, Super Mario sixty four. It's amazing. I have so many fond memories of playing it. I'm, I would like. So I owned it, obviously, but uh, eventually, my brother bought it eventually. <laughs> but uh, I remember going to like a childhood friend's house, and uh, when we didn't have anything to do. Or, like, we were just kind of, like, hanging out, not, re- you know, just hanging out, not really doing anything. I'd pop in Super Mario 64, and we'd play it, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a game that I can always come back to and enjoy, regardless of its faults, and, you know, I love, I love it so much, such a big part of, you know, my life, which is, you know, which is weird to say. I feel like it's weird to say about a video game, but I guess people say that about movies and uh, all sorts of things. Music, art, their families. Um, I like my grandma, but Super Mario 64 is more important to me. (laughs) (laughs) That is about all I have for Super Mario 64. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. It's just a it's a game I love to death, and I'll probably now that we've talked about it today, 
I'll probably play it for like a half an hour before I go to work because I just, you know, want to experience it again. Nice. Well, you want to get into some recommendations then? Yeah. You uh, you go first because like always, except for last week, I don't have one. Or wait, no, it wasn't last week. Last it was the episode week before. Yeah. It was, it was actually the episode before last. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. All right, so I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to recommend some music. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, one album I've been listening to a lot lately is Neo's new album, Self-Explanatory. Damn, Neo? Yeah, All Neo. Right. Still out here, man. Still doing it. Still, He's still making hits. Man, okay. I'm going to tell a story, if you don't mind. Go oh, go ahead. So when Neo first came out with that one song, uh, "So Sick of Love Songs," whatever. Mm-hmm. That's Neo, right? Yeah. I worked at I worked at Meyer at the time. I was a car guy, and I was working with this guy, and uh, he was like, "Oh man, I just found my favorite song ever today." And I was like, "What is it?" And he was like, "It's this song by this guy named Neo. It's called Love's. I forget what it's called." But uh, I was like, oh, yeah, how's it go? He's like, I don't actually know how the music goes. I just looked at the lyrics online. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I he, like, had them printed out and, like, showed me. And I was like. Oh, God. This is, mind you, this is, like, 2004, okay? <laughs> so, like, I was, like, I had just turned 16 and got my, like, first legal job. And uh, he busts out these printed lyrics of Neo, and I'm like reading them. I'm like, no, oh, this song actually, these lyrics are okay. And then I heard the song, and it's not like something I would really be into, but I always have a fond memory of that song because of that. So I fuck with yeah. Neo. <laughs> yeah, I like Neo. Um, I tend to not be a fan of his more uh popier sounding records, and there are two of them on here, but they're towards the the latter part of the album. Mm-hmm. So some standout songs on here. Um, the intro laying low is really good. You got the body. Don't love me. Um, push up is pretty good, but yeah. So this is, uh, he also has a song on here with blue, which is another artist. He spells it B L E U. He's really good. Oh, like quarter on blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go with that. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's uh it's 13 tracks on here. Um about 41 minutes, so it does go by pretty quick. Wow. But uh yeah, minutes. it's fun fact. So like I'm a fan of Neo, but this is the first time I've actually sat down and listened to one of his projects front to back. Um, so it has sparked a bit of interest for me to go back and listen to some of his other albums. Um, cause primarily I've just been a fan of kind of, you know, his bigger records that, that aren't really the poppy ones. Um, his song mad is like one of my favorite songs of all time, but, uh, yeah, Neo self-explanatory. Check it out if you haven't done so yet. Okay. So mine is going to be a television show. There's only one season of it. Um, it was a Netflix original and I thought it was absolutely amazing. And I don't know why 
I don't know why they canceled it. Um, it's called I Am Not Okay With This. It is about a girl who finds out she um she has like superpowers, but she like can't really control them and ends up like hurting people. <laughs> and and uh she's also like in high school and kind of uh realizing, you know, things about herself. She's kind of shy and like you know, isn't isn't really popular and kind of gets bullied. So it's got a lot of like Stranger Things DNA and like Carrie DNA. Um, but it also is kind of funny. Uh, it's more like dark humor, but the special effects are absolutely amazing. Like when, you know, there's not a lot of them, honestly, but when they do it, it looks great. Like <sighs> there's a part where she like accidentally kills somebody and it is incredible like it looks so good it stars sophia lillis i think her name is and she was actually in the 2017 it movie she played uh why can i not think of the girl's name um beverly yeah she played the younger version of beverly yeah she is a really good actress like in this in that she's in another movie uh it's like an amazon prime original what is it called? Oh, Uncle Frank. That's a really good movie. She's in the the miniseries Sharp Objects, which is really good. I've read that book. I haven't watched the series. Well, if you know me, you know I ain't read the book. <laughs> oh, the book is so good, man. I I'll read that dare book, but uh, honestly, like the show is really cool. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll check it out. And uh, yeah. I'm not okay with this. It is a Netflix original. There's only one season, unfortunately. How many eps? I think eight. Okay. It's pretty quick. I want to say they're like 35 to 40 minutes each. Oh, there's seven episodes. Sorry. Okay. Oh, it's even shorter. Running time is 19 to 28 minutes. So seven episodes, 19 to 28 minutes. You get through that real quick. Oh, yeah. You can breach through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get through that at one shift at work. Yeah, man. I would I would recommend this a lot. It's really cool. It's got a lot of DNA from a lot of uh, a lot of things uh, you like and would probably like. Uh, you haven't watched Stranger Things, right? Or nope. you tried to and uh, just couldn't? I've started the first episode. It just wasn't the right time for me to watch it. I totally get that. I've been trying to watch Umbrella Academy for like three years. And I'm like, this is something I know I would like, but I just can't right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Me and my fiance have been stuck on season two of Euphoria for like a few months now. We haven't watched the episodes in probably three weeks. <laughs> just because you're like, I can't right now. <laughs> and also you're yeah. busy. So like, yeah. All right. Well, I think I'll check that out. I definitely need something to watch. I'm kind of, uh, I'm running out of docs to watch. I, uh, oh, you know what's coming out on Disney Plus, a documentary, uh, that I think you and I will both like is the, uh, light and industrial light and magic, the, uh, Mm. visual effects company that did a lot of the Star Wars, like the original trilogy special effects. Oh, yeah. I'm there for that. Uh yeah, so it's a documentary about that company and like how they 
pulled off some of those special effects for those the original trilogy and like their formation and stuff. So like, yeah, I'm all about that. Oh, uh, yeah, you got me hook, line, and sinker. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, so that's coming out soon. Uh, I'll be interested in that. Disney Plus has some good documentaries about. Uh, there's one that's specifically about. Uh, <laughs> uh 90s disney animated movies and like how they transi- transition from like the uh the stagnant the sort of the creative stagnant culture they were in of the early 80s and then reformed and became a powerhouse of the 90s um mm-hmm. that's a really good one i like how i'm like hey travis you should check out the show but also let me recommend like eight documentaries is <laughs> if i need any more documentaries to watch <laughs> yeah so the well is starting to run a bit dry though i am starting to i'm transitioning into halloween <laughs> that 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 trailer did it for me i start celebrating halloween on september 1st naturally but i'm getting in the, i'm getting in the spirit a little bit early well don't do it too early it'll be burnt out it's impossible you kidding me oh it's impossible you know i spend I- all year waiting for this I'm like the total opposite. I like wait until like the last week before the holiday. And I'm like, let me get in the spirit. And I watch a bunch of stuff and then it's over and I'm still in the spirit. And I'm like, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit strategic about what I watch. I don't watch except for like last year and this year because new movies are coming out in the franchise. But usually I don't watch any of the Halloween films until Halloween. And then I watch them all marathon all day long. I'm not going to work on Halloween. Come hell or high water, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to work on Halloween. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get out of here. Get the heck out of here. I'm watching a marathon of all the Halloween movies. I do, I, dude. Last year was the first year we actually had trick or treaters at the house. It was awesome, man. That is awesome. I uh, yeah. Last year, I think. Last year or the year before, I had Halloween off, but I didn't have any trick-or-treaters. Yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> Our first year here in the house, we didn't have any, and it was a kind of a bummer. I remember one year, though, when I was living in my... It was like the first house I ever rented. Uncharted 3 was coming out on November 1st. And Great I had, fucking game. And I, yeah, and I hadn't beaten Uncharted 2 all the way. And so on Halloween, I was like, I'm gonna beat this. So I spent all fucking day playing it and like I turned off all the lights in the house so no one would disturb me like any trick-or-treaters. I was just a fucking weirdo with all his lights off playing Uncharted 2. Then funny thing is like people still knocked on my door and I had to like shut. I, I would like mute the TV and like just be silent like. Dude I had this I had this one weird I'm not gonna say weird that's not nice. I had this one girl just randomly come knock on the door at like one o'clock in the morning in full costume. She was a teenager, I assume. Yeah. It wasn't like six year old kid. Like, (laughs) no, I'd I'd be concerned. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was a, that might've been a drunken thing. Yeah, it was weird. Freaked me out a bit. I, I, uh, I didn't stop trick or treating until literally I was like seventeen years old. So oh, like same I had I, I had some years I took off, but I definitely trick or treated at seventeen. 
the last one I remember trick or treating, or one of the last ones, I dressed up as a uh, Jeff Hardy, and I went like oh, yeah. full out. Like I had the arm bands. I like dyed. I didn't. I didn't actually dye my hair, but I used like the fake dye, and I just did like a bunch of colors. And I like put nice. it. I had long hair back then, so I put it in a ponytail, and uh, I just walk. I just walked down the street doing like those stupid arm things. We're just like, just like the the whole time down the street, and I remember uh, this guy was like, "Oh, who are you supposed to be, Matt Hardy?" And I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> that guy, one hundred percent knew you were trying to be Jeff. <laughs> and then I would just, uh, I would just either sing his TNA theme song while I was walking down the street, just like modest to the top. Or I would just like kind of talk in a Southern accent and be like, trick or treat. And people were like, who are you supposed to be? A lot of people were like, who are you supposed to be? I'm like, I'm Jeff Hardy. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I do remember like some one lady was like, you're getting too old to trick or treat. I don't want to see you next year. Oh, God, I hate those people. But the funny part was my friend Jeff was like, all right, see you next year. <laughs> we just left. I always think that's so funny. Um, yeah, right, we're man, in. We'll listen. We'll, we'll go for another two hours. We keep talking about Halloween. Yeah, so rec- <laughs> Super, Mario, Super Mario 64. I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh Travis recommended Neo. Uh, what was that album called again? Self-explanatory. Yeah, self-explanatory. And uh, I recommend I'm Not Okay With This, the Netflix series. I just read that it was actually renewed for a second season, but then COVID happened. Womp, uh-huh. womp, womp. <laughs> and they, uh, they canceled it because too many costs. Definitely check out the Neo album, Self-Explanatory. I'm not okay with this. If you haven't played Super Mario 64, what the heck are you doing? Go play it. If you haven't played Super Mario 64, why have you sat here and listened to us talk about it for over an hour? Maybe they're just really interested. They're like, I never played it. What's this game all about? What's Mario? <laughs> all I know is Call of Duty. Hey, man. Don't shit on Call of Duty. I had my phases. All I know is Kingdom Heart. I'll talk about it one day. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all we have to say today. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to tweet us. You can find us at Nerds Collide Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And tell us all about your funny Super Mario 64 stories. How many times did you throw the penguin off the cliff? Or did you? <laughs> Tell us how many stars you got. If you didn't throw the penguin off the cliff, I don't know, man. You might be a psychopath. (laughs) If you didn't kill that mother's child, there might be something wrong with you. (laughs) Anyway, guys, again, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone, so be the nerd that you are. Bye. Bye.